Welcome to the Gospel in Lagos, the sermon podcast of City Church. City Church is a community of worshippers and mission. We exist to catalyze a gospel-centered movement that renews Lagos spiritually, socially, and culturally. You can find out more about us at www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 16 and verse 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee in Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Good morning, everyone. Now, first of all, let me apologize um, for... What you've seen here is pretty good, but I could have done a better job than all of these guys. So I want to apologize really on behalf of myself and my wife for not giving you the best possible uh, uh, singing. But they are, they are, they're a bit average, and we can accept them, can't we? Oh, two minutes. Oh, well, we stop. But it's nice to have you here, especially if you are here for the first time at City Church. We're really delighted to have you here on our Christmas service. And we want to journey again into what is a very familiar thing. Many of us here have gone for different Christmas services. We've always known about Christmas. And yet, there's a need to actually refresh ourselves on the things that we apparently know. So I want you to start with me today. Picture, and I want you to picture in your mind. Picture in your mind 
a visit, let's say you have a visit, schedule a visit next week to one of the general hospitals. All right? One of the general, okay, let me see, no, no, not the general hospital, general hospital. All right? One of the general hospitals. Think of Igobi. Right? Now, what do you see? What are you thinking of? As you're thinking, I'm going to Igobi General Hospital. But some of the things you're thinking of, I can tell you, is first, very, very unsympathetic nurses. Right? Unsympathetic nurses, the way they give those injections, you know, they really don't care what you think. You know, I'm very, very sick, and so are you the first person. Then you have the nurses, but then you have the matron. For some reason, matrons are never, ever slim. Right? Very, very big madams like these authoritarians. They are more powerful than any surgeon in that place. Do you agree? Yeah. And also you think about long queues of sick people, very sick people. You think of the needles and injections, I said, and worst of all, you think of that smell. Is it Izal? Or is it any kind of antisept this antiseptic uh, disinfectant? Terrible. Now, when you put all of that together, what is the picture you have as you are thinking of your visit to the general hospital? Can I suggest that one of the pictures is one of pain? Our expectation of pain, and all of a sudden that changes our mood before we go there. There was a study that was done in the University of Turin in Italy, and it was trying to study the relationship between pain and placebo. You know what a placebo is? Well, I'll tell you, placebo is basically nothing. It's a neutral substance that is giving to you. So there was a study being done between pain and placebo. Now, one of the things they did was they took, in a dentist's office, they took um, patients. For the first two days, consecutive days, they gave them um, injections of morphine, right? Very, very strong painkiller. On the third day, they told them they were going to give them an injection of morphine, but they actually gave them saline. So it was a placebo. Now, the results were outstanding. All of those patients that received the saline reported better pain tolerance than if they had received morphine on the third day. I'll take it another step further. Another study, 12 Parkinson's patients, Parkinson's a very, very deadly disease, and just basically it's a new, it, it, it messes up your whole nervous system. Now, 12 Parkinson's patients were, were to receive a new drug. They told them they were going to receive a new drug to help produce dopamine in their brain. Now, they told them one of them was going to cost $1,500, and the other one was going to cost $100. Now, in truth, they were all giving saline. After it, the results showed that those who received the expensive drug performed better on their motor skill test than the others who received the cheaper one. In other words, there is something about what expectation does to the way our bodies behave, or our consciousness, or our minds. It's as though the expectation itself releases the inner pharmaceutical of the body. And so, the moral of this whole story is that whatever other thing you are facing in your life, whatever trouble you are facing in your life, it can all be cured with positive thinking. Not so fast. Now, in that second study, one of the things that they didn't really point out so well was that whether it was the expensive or the cheap, or the cheap drug, none of them worked as well as levodopa, which would be the normal drug that someone, a Parkinson's patient, will take. 
In other words, what I'm saying is that, fine, there's something expectations can do, but Parkinson's disease is not a mere headache. There are some problems that are far more fundamental and deep in our lives that cannot just be uprooted by positivity. Your chronic abusive husband. When recession hits your business. That unruly child. Or for some of us here, that absent father. You see, some problems need an intervention. Not only an intervention, some problems need a whole new different status quo. And some are so deep that it needs the combination of both. In this regard, this expectation is fixed on the arrival of a particular thing, a particular place, or a particular person. But we have to be sure that this thing is true. It's not just wishful thinking, and that whoever, whatever arrives, will be able to solve the problem. Now, Christmas is all about expectation, but it's the expectation of a king. Now, in the context of the scriptures we've read, it's in the context of the nation of Israel. Israel is God's own people. God had promised Abraham that he was going to, through Abraham, undo the mess that the very first couple that was created in the world brought about, Adam and Eve. Abraham was going to be the father of this nation. So God said to Abraham, you're going to have a child through your wife that is about 90. Now that child is going to also have children, and that will lead to a particular family. Now that family will eventually go into Egypt, and it will become a nation. That nation will eventually be delivered. They will go into a promised land, and then they will have a king. So Abraham is going to move from one man into a nation. Now that nation, this is the promise God gave to Abraham, that through you, Abraham, all the nations of the earth, now they're in a calamity because they've turned away from God, they will be blessed. But it's going to happen through this nation, Israel, that's is going to come to you. But what do we see here? Israel is in a very bad shape. They're under Roman occupation. So the Roman Empire, remember we saw Caesar Augustus was the one that ruled. They were a nation, but they were under an empire. They did not have their own king for at least 600 years. They have not heard the voice of God speak to them through a prophet for at least 400 years. What's going to happen to Israel? This light of the nations. And if Israel is in such a bad shape, what is going to happen to the world? We've had a very tough year in Nigeria, haven't we? The economic figures don't look very good. And depending on your persuasion, we don't know how it's going to be next year. And for some of us, we've lost very, very loved ones this year. You know that doesn't stop. Death continues and continues and continues. For some of us, we are still looking for that healing that we've been praying for for so long. Or that wayward child that has gone from us. You see, we started looking, this whole dark context, as Francis mentioned, in previous messages in this Advent series. In the very first Advent series message, which was the beginning of Advent, we saw how Adam and Eve made a whole mess of things. And Advent was in that context of darkness. Last week, we saw in the book of Isaiah, where we saw darkness. People were in distress and darkness and thick darkness and utter darkness. And so now, we come to Israel as well. 
Because the fate of Israel at this point is the fate of the whole world. Israel is in a dark place. Are you in a dark place today? Are there things that you've expected? Things you are looking forward to? Well, whatever your situation is, it's in a bigger and larger context here. If Israel is in a mess, the whole world is in a mess. And it's in that context, the context of cosmic upheaval, the the context of total dismay in all the nations and in people's families that we are now brought and zeroed into the life of a very, very ordinary family. It's Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph have absolutely no reputation in the land of Israel. They weren't an Atedola or a Dangote or an Ovia. Nobody really knew them. And yet, Mary and Joseph's lives, certain personal things that happened to them, is zeroed in, and it's, a lot of time is spent on it, in this, the most read book of all time. Think about it. The context of gloom in this nation, God's nation, and then he comes to a family. You know, sometimes when at night you look at the stars, you look at the world and how big it is, you ever think, even if there is a God, why would he care for me? The Bible says that even the very heads of our head are numbered. If you think you've had a very tough start in life, no parents to take me on as their own. Or I had a child that I did not plan for, and I do not have a husband. Or now, this business that I had hoped for has suddenly tanked. And you think, you know what, God is going to be more busy thinking about many other things than me. Well, Mary and Joseph challenges that. They're a very ordinary family, and yet extraordinary things happen to them. Angelic visitations. Virgin conception. Even personal constellation. You know, the child that they gave birth to had his own personal constellation. I know many of us here think we are stars. You may think you're a star, but you don't have a star. A star was following him. Now, all these things are happening because of who? Remember, we're expecting someone coming. So who is this person? Very simple answer. In Chapter in verse ten of two of uh, chapter two in Luke ten and eleven, we are told that he is the Savior, the Messiah, who is the Lord. Now, notice this good news comes to the shepherds, who again did not have high standing. If you think God does not care about you or even know you, please, please. No matter how small you are, think again. He came to this ordinary family and he came to these shepherds. Now this king has come and the king obviously needs a kingdom. Whenever you picture a vision of the world that you would like to see, so I gave you the general hospital. Most of the time we go to the general hospital and say, this place is terrible. Why can't we do things like, you're in both, do it. Or you're coming through, um, Murtala Mohammed National Airport and you're walking down just coming out of the plane the first thing that hits you is what? 
the heat. And they're coming down, and then you get to the conveyor belt, Nepal takes light. And so when you're thinking of what an ideal Nigeria would be, you start to say, well, an ideal Nigeria, the airport will be working. There will not just be an airport in Ikeda. There will be one somewhere around Lekki, because you're all island people, right? And then you think of the hospitals. All the hospitals will be working. But have you pictured a world, not just where the hospitals are working, but there will be no hospitals because there are no sick people? When we picture what is coming, what we are actually saying, even though our imagination call, eye has not seen, ears have not heard, neither has he entered into the heart of man, what the Lord has prepared for those who love him. What we are actually picturing is the kingdom that is to come. But God says, before you get the kingdom, you have to get the king. Now, this king is... The Lord. Now, when we say Jesus is Lord, if you take yourself back 2,000 years ago, if you said Jesus is Lord, you are making an extremely radical statement. Why? Remember, the context of this is in the Roman Empire where Caesar Augustus was king. Now, the declaration that most everybody was required to make at that time is that Caesar is Lord. Now, when you say Caesar is Lord, that seems redundant, right? Caesar, he's the king. Yes, but there's a lot more to that. Because the Caesars were not just seen as ordinary men. They were seen as representations of the divine, and therefore they were seen to be divine. Therefore, when you come and you say, I do not have any other Lord but Jesus, you are basically saying this. Jesus is Lord, and Caesar is not. That is radical. You see, this is why Herod himself was really troubled. He said, where is this person that is going to be born? He was looking for him. He was troubled. He was disturbed. There's the vision of a new king. He's a child. He should have been disturbed. Christmas means that every pretender in power today to Christ's throne, that person's time is limited. For every Bashar al-Assad, for every Yahya Jamel, for every belligerent boss, for every power misuser, every abusive and tyrannical spouse, their time is up. Why? Because unto you is born today in the city of David. A savior who is Messiah, the Lord. Because this is the Lord alone who is God that must be worshipped. Christmas means no one else is worthy of worship. Notice both the shepherds, the, the Magi went to worship him, and the angels started to worship him. Heaven and earth worshipped him. Why? Because this is the God who became man, and who alone is worthy of worship. And so if this first part and this of the talk, I want us to think about that. Christmas invites us to worship. Christmas says that God has intervened into this world, but God himself has come to be like us. And what is our natural response, even when we think of all the problems that we go into? All the problems that we're going through, the best antidote to them is to say, I am not God in this world. God himself alone is God, and he has come. Therefore, let us worship. And so our choir is going to lead us now, just like the angels and the Magi did, and I hope we'll join them. To worship Christ, who is the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Gospel in Lagos. We pray you've been blessed by this message. To learn more about City Church, 
visit www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church. Love Jesus. Love people. Love Lagos. <music>